this podcast another episode of uncorked with my sweet buddy ashley dl then um a little bit of excitement coming at you from toronto ashley welcome to the conversation thank you thank you for having me i'm just hiding in my little office looking out at my team here and i'm sure i'm going to talk all about them so hopefully their ears are burning well, I hope you talk about your team. We want to talk about that sweet dasher, the puppy that's sitting at your feet. But most of all, undeniably, we want to talk about you. And you're the reason that I reached out. And for our friends and listeners, the background to Ash is... Ash, am I allowed to call you Ash? I realize you're Ash. I love Ash. Yeah, I'm all okay. about Ash. Okay. Um, I once was given feedback that I should stop giving people nicknames. And it just felt like feedback I couldn't quite metabolize because a nickname is just pure love right yeah you tell me <laughs> I, you say, I think there's a there's a familiarity and a love with nicknames that I really embrace and ash is is a pretty tame one there's nothing crazy about it so pretty tame you're not so tame but the name might be pretty tame <laughs> so here's the deal ash and i met i had the pleasure actually of joining ash's team at lululemon three months before she was about to leave you and i and a few others the team was very small at the time and it was super influential and a ton of fun. I got to come in and see how you really made shit happen and was devastated when you left. And I think that you will forever be the boomerang of my life that I tried to get back so many times, regardless of where you lived, we would find a way to try to work together until finally you said, enough of this. I am going to get my master's in counseling and now I'm going to move to Toronto and now I'm going to land a really big gig known as the chief people officer at Freshy. Freshy is Canadian-wide, Ash, or beyond? Oh, actually, 18 countries and counting. Hot damn. I didn't even realize we were in the U.S. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> we, oh. we have a lot of white space and we have a lot of room to grow, but we are. We are in 18 countries and we're climbing up towards our, five, our 500 store mark right now. That is absolutely incredible. So it's well more than the shops we see in Vancouver and Toronto that I know so well. <laughs> so this global giant. And one of the reasons that I wanted to jam with you today is that you are a beautiful, beautiful combination of being an executive female among a sea of a lot of men and a professional mm -hmm. mama. And that's no joke. And I want you to know that I want to dive in there, but just for us to all get to know each other, let's play the top three, your top three favorites right off the bat. Can we do that? Of course. I love that. So this love is gonna, list. Yep. Love list. This is going to be your warm up round. You are going to do three okay. rounds, one warm up round, and that is your three favorite food groups or food sources. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyone who knows me knows my ultimate favorite food is bread. I <laughs> cannot get on board with all the people who have a hate on for glucose and who are doing this keto diet thing. I just, I love, love, love good bread. I would say my second most favorite food 
is probably avocado. And my third, and these aren't food groups. These are very just specific items. I like uh, it. And I feel like what I've actually done is just build avocado toast for you because then I would maybe say the thing I eat the most, and I do love them, is eggs. And so that I, now I've just made an avocado toast for you, which is something I eat at least two times a week. So there you go. I love it. It was a bit of my plug because I thought you would have said bread, bread, and bread because I have met no one else who loves bread like you love bread. And working at Freshie, I thought there might be like a Freshie item that would have hit the top three. But really, I mean, you can oh. go get some avo and some eggs. Exactly. Yeah, you'd think if I was really a, a good brand ambassador, I would have said a Freshie <laughs> item. <laughs> we don't have bread on the menu, but no bread. I get my salads and all my greens in during the day and then that leaves lots of room for bread in the other hour. Bread. <laughs> okay, and the other thing and the reason we're playing top three is I've actually always looked to you as a source of both inspiration and knowledge on places that you get inspired. So when we were chatting mm. about your love of podcasts and your love of books, I want to know your top three go to podcasts and your top three go to books in any I, realm of your life. Any order? Yeah. So I would consider myself an avid learner. I think I get a ton of energy and excitement out of new ideas and just learning about the world or history or psychology or how people work. It makes me so excited, which is, I think, why I love the work that I do, but constantly finding time to listen to podcasts or read books whenever I can find windows uh, and a lot of multitasking goes on. Uh, so podcasts right now, and I'm constantly looking for new ones, so I'd love to hear yours too. But I listened to Waking Up, which has just recently re been rebranded Making Sense. Sam Harris, just a massive fan of his. I think he's a neurobiologist, and he's just an incredibly smart person, really actually has like a nice dry wit and finds the most interesting guests and covers topics ranging from guilt and what purpose it serves in our life to AI to influence to everything. So cool. uh, and he's a huge proponent of meditation and mindfulness, which mm. is really important in my life. So love that. Another podcast that I listen to a lot is <laughs> none other than the great O herself. Mm. Uh, Super Soul Conversations. Can't get enough. Always have just thought that she was an incredibly inspiring person and Super Soul Conversations goes deep into some things that make my heart happy, and I'm sure yours too. Yeah. Uh, and then a more recent addition to my podcast circuit, if you will, is probably Tim Ferriss. I have actually just been reading Tools of Titan, and then I've been listening to his podcast. And I just think he has figured it out mm -hmm. because he is a learner as well, but he has created a job for himself where he is just constantly learning how to maximize human potential, testing it out on himself, and then reporting back on it. And I just mm. think it's the coolest, yeah, coolest right thing. So cool. Yeah. So those are my podcasts. Books is a, is a tough one. And I actually, knowing that you might ask me that, I had to put some thought into it. Otherwise, I would have just been really spooked and overwhelmed. But so my book that has resonated the most with me from a work perspective, and I think anyone who 
is in sort of the HR people talent field, I would, or even just in leadership, I would recommend it. And it's powerful, written by the chief talent officer from Netflix. Mm. And it's all about creating a culture for growth and their whole freedom and responsibility. And I just, I resonated with it so much. So that's a great sort of more work-related book. Recent book that just spoke to my heart and soul and my philosophy in life was Untethered Soul. Mm. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Michael Singer. um, He also wrote The Surrender Experiment, which is his life story, which is just so wild and crazy. Mm. Uh, But Untethered Soul is like, if someone could have written what I think life philosophy should be and then captured it all in a book, I feel like he somehow did Mm. that. And my last one, and this is kind of like bread, bread, bread. You probably thought I was going to say this (laughs) over and over again. Is probably Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's just all things. It's magical. It's another world. It's a growing up story. It's friendship. It's the way she's woven in myths and history I, I can't say enough good things yes. about Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> and I love her story as a, she was a single mama who really took some major risks in her life. And I just find her to be the most interesting, inspiring yeah. person. Oh, I love the consistency in you, Ash. There's something so beautiful that, <laughs> that we just know we can go on. And you've evolved and, I mean, really just skyrocketed both in your career and in your life and done so many amazing things. And yet, I love that Brendan and Harry Potter remain consistent. <laughs> and, yeah, the, and, those, those two things aren't going anywhere. No, nor is your, it sounds like, desire for meditation and mindfulness, which is definitely something to, that we'll talk about. Being a single mama is no joke. And you just alluded to that with obviously Harry Potter's beautiful author. Mm-hmm. I recently discovered there's a pie shop in West Vancouver called Savory Island Pie Company. It's one of my favorites. And it was started many, many years ago, 35, almost 40 years ago, by a single mom who was living on Bowen Island in subsidized housing mm. with three boys selling these pies for $4. And she would take a boat across to the mainland to sell these pies. And it was really like her only means. And I met her son who's currently delivering the pies still. And it's just an incredible Mm. story. And I think that, you know, these single mom stories are like, I just did it to get by. I did whatever I could. I, I tried my best. And, and yet the rest of the world looks in just awe and thinks you're absolutely incredible. If you only knew how incredible you are. And I I think that might just be relevant to today's conversation because being a professional mama and an executive is no joke. And I want to know how you make time for podcasts, books, and everything else (laughs) in your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think think being a mother and a professional in general is a feat and it's a balancing act that I think women – I think women in general – I think we all, the motherhood journey is so interesting because I think the women who stay home with their children somehow feel guilty that they're not in the workplace. And I think that women who are in the workplace sometimes feel guilty that we're not at home and it's this contradiction. And yet I actually just think that women in general are so incredible and so powerful. And what I think is really important is that women have the chance to choose. 
Um, Because for some women, you know, for me, I'll speak for myself, I know I can be a much more focused and attentive and energetic mother when I've come home from a full day of work. But I also feel really blessed that my work energizes me. I love it. You know, when I'm here, I'm intellectually engaged. I'm emotionally engaged. I find it inspiring and fulfilling. And so then when I do have time with her, which as a single mom is actually only half the time, it's that much more precious. I think for me, it almost distills my time so that when I'm with her, I can be totally focused on my relationship with her and and not take it for granted and have patience with her, which I think is critical because they grow so fast Mm. and less parents everywhere, but I'm sure their kids can be trying on their patients, especially when they're stressed. So I feel really lucky that, you know, I think I'm able to take a really positive parenting approach with her and be really engaged. Uh, And then when I'm not with her, I'm full on and I think that's, that would be, and I don't know, Steph, if we've had the chance to talk about that, but that would be my sort of MO in life right now is yeah. just being fully present and fully engaged and doing everything that I'm doing um, with my whole heart and all of my energy until I'm not doing that particular thing anymore and then moving on to the next thing, which is a bit of a contradiction with what I said about multitasking, Mm. but I tend to multitask the podcast with driving in the car and working out, which I feel like it's okay (laughs) to do that. Right. But yeah, back to the, to the single mom thing. So, and I almost, I think it would be really cool for single moms, single professional mamas everywhere to just be in a community and be talking and be supporting one another. But there is, for me at least, I find it really empowering. And there's something quite, I think, I don't know, I, I find it really empowering to know that at the end of the day, I can take care of her and I can take care of me and I can do that on my own. Mm. feels really, really good and important to me. And the fact that I can do it while doing a job that I love so much and that I care so much about, I think that will be a very important thing for her to witness. Wow. Ash, I just got goosebumps. You're no joke. Mm. When it all boils down, what would you say... I don't want to say life hacks, but you mentioned Tim Harris. And of course, Tim Harris is the king of life hacks. Is there anything that you've done to set your life up in a way that allows you to be fully present? Are there things that you're outsourcing or scheduling differently? Or I think it's a beautiful thing to be fully present, but tell us more. How do you do it? Yeah, it is no joke. And it does not come. I don't think it came easily and it still doesn't necessarily. It's still hard work. There was actually a part in the untethered soul where the author, Michael Singer, talks about happiness is a choice. In every single moment, you can choose happiness. Just that the joy of being alive is available to us in every single moment. But as soon as you choose that, the universe is going to test you. Can you, can you really choose it? What about now? Right. <laughs> what about now? And I, I mean, I have experienced that. And I think I, uh, you you already know this about me, but I did my first 10-day silent meditation retreat back in 2011, and it was life-changing for me. And I've actually done one other 
10 day silent retreat since. And it was, you know, an incredible reboot, except I discovered I was pregnant on the second one, which was super distracting. (laughs) But I think, you know, I, a life hack for me is definitely been meditation. I think I have a ton of energy and that has led to a lot of positive things in my life, but that can also un, uh, unrestrained and not cultivated in the right way. That can lead to anxiety and uh, rumination and sort of moving too fast and insomnia. So for me, meditation has been like building a muscle mm. to be able to take sort of my mind and all the energy that I have and control it really and being able to focus on the things I need to focus on and sleep when I need to sleep. So meditation, for sure. I I think a constant desire for spiritual and psychological discovery has been a hack of mine. And, you know, I didn't mention the podcast Heart Wisdom, but Jack Hornfield, that's another one. Um, But just as I go through life's journeys, I feel like I'm constantly learning. And so it just being in that mindset has been a bit of a hack for me is that you are constantly learning. You are constantly a beginner. You are not an expert at anything. And there's so much more to learn through experience and knowledge. So that's, that's been really key. And then, I mean, yeah, waking up early, (laughs) you can know this better than anyone, but I do think waking up early so that you can fit in a workout and then you get that done because I think, you know, staying active has also been really essential for me in my life. Uh, and then being able to get into the office early and kind of getting that early start on the day. And then on the days that I have my daughter, I do, I, st- I have to leave by probably 4.30 to get her in a reasonable time frame in Toronto traffic. And, you know, that's not as an executive officer in a really quickly growing company leaving at 4.30 is not always like what people yeah. do. So I really think that it's A, I feel really lucky that I'm at a level in my career where if I have to do that and I have to take that time, I can. And, you know, I have a company culture and a CEO who also has a family and wants that, that balance and people can work smart and people can work as adults. And that might mean, you know, dialing in later to do something after your daughter goes to bed and that's okay. So really owning my time Mm. and my schedule. And, uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV, if any, I don't think you do either. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I probably don't see friends or talk to friends nearly as much as I would like to. And so then I've had to, you know, cultivate friendships where people know how much I care about them, even if I can't see them and talk to them all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's probably, those are the big ones. Hmm. How has this impacted the choices you've made in building out your team? You've said you're, you know, sitting, looking out at your team, building a team. And I mean, for the people that have ever been interviewed by, you know, that you ask great questions and you're incredibly curious yet that only goes as far as the interview. And now, you know, you're leading these people and it sounds like you're leading them with a very mindful heart and life circumstances that cause you to do things that you, you know, might not have done before your sweet little one was here. So, right. Yeah. How has that impacted that side of your world? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the one piece is probably leading by example for them. So then they see that 
you know, I own my time and I own my results. And so I hope that I can do that just through example. But I, as we're bringing people onto the team here at Freshy, a lot of it is about probably two big things. One is looking for people who truly want to be CEOs Mm. of whatever it is that they're doing. And Steph, you and I have probably talked ad nauseum about Mm. this, but just uh, the the importance of people who take responsibility Mm. for their own life and for their own experience in the world. And no matter what might be happening, you know, it comes back to them and what are they going to do about it? So that, I think that's just a really important trait for people to develop in life, but I, yeah. I think it's also really important here at Freshie. And, and then when we find those right people who want to be CEOs, who want to be the, the, to navigate their own ship, and we give them the right sort of boundaries to play in, then they love it. Yeah. I love it because yeah. they're getting to build and they're right. getting to, within the sort of safety of a company and with a team around them of people they love, they're getting to also create and see the impact they're making and make decisions. So I think that that little internal CEO, that little internal entrepreneur spark, which I've always had and yet never actually done the entrepreneurial venture the way you have. But I think we've created sort of a little microcosm of it where you get to be your own entrepreneur here. And when you're your own entrepreneur and you can set your own schedule uh, and you have that level of freedom and responsibility, tying back to the Netflix culture there. But then I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a special thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so, I mean, the lesson of responsibility and, you know, while we've jammed on how many entrepreneurial ventures that usually all involve matchmaking and dating, the reality is you're, <laughs> you're doing it. You just happen to have a really big title and a really big job and get to do it in, a, in an even bigger way than our entrepreneurial ventures once dreamed of, Ash. So that is oh, super cool. Steph, I'm not done with you yet. Oh, I'm still, great. There's still, books, <laughs> there's still books to be written and oh, companies to be started. It's a great it's a long life if you're lucky. And I think both of us are just starting the journey right now. So. Okay. I like it. <laughs> well, I told it's you. declared on the podcast. Perfect. Great. What's our buy when for what? <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking, but that's what Matt Corker would tell me. He's like, I love all of your goals and dreams. Just when's the buy when so we can celebrate. I'm like, oh my. Oh, well, it's good to know that these pieces of Lululemon have traveled with us because there's a lot of buy when jokes that get made about me and even just how I've cultivated a team of people who are as aggressive in their buy when setting as I am. It's amazing. Don't ever, ever let it change. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to wrap. I've taken up too much of your time and I feel like we could go on and on. We'll, we'll make sure to include in the show notes, your books and your podcasts and Freshy for reference. <laughs> for for Vancouverites and Torontonians and the 17 other countries as well. I love it. Um, our last question though, Ash, we wrap every podcast with is what is currently making your heart beat faster? Well, well, truthfully, the thing that was making my heart beat fast today was doing this podcast because Aww. I think I do. I, I'm so excited to be a part of it and I think, you know, I have a a blog that, you know, once a year I put something out on and I think my greatest risk that I need to take is sharing Mm. um, with a broader 
with a broader group and, and allowing that level of vulnerability and making those connections. So uh, starting with this podcast, but challenging myself to do more writing and more sharing in the, the ways that show up as opportunities makes my heart beat pretty fast. That's so rad. I'm so honored and I'm super grateful for your friendship, Ash. And I'm really grateful to have you as someone I am super inspired by. It's amazing. So thank you for thank waiting. Thank you. I feel the same. With that, you go back to your rad team and your awesome dasher. And uh, yeah, until we meet again, my friend. That sounds wonderful. Anytime. Anytime.